in the last week of this series called If You're Not Ready, You're Perfect, and we've talked about it a lot of different ways, uh, but today I want to focus in on a way that you may not have thought of when it comes to this idea, and this is the idea of worship. So what we just did here, worshiping God, bringing worship to God, uh, the scripture is full uh, of worship. Almost every person that you interact with, there's almost a mention about their worship life and how they worship God and, and what they bring to God. And so worship is such a foundation uh, to our Christian walk with God. It's not like, hey, a bunch of religious people sat around and was like, hey, you know, what should we put at the beginning of our church service? You know, the part where like people come in two songs late, like what should we do? Put a couple songs there? Uh, that's not how we got worship. Uh, worship was designed by God in the beginning of Genesis. Adam and Eve would walk and they would talk and they would speak of the goodness of God. Worship is all the way back to creation. Amen? And so it's something we should know about. It's something we should have an understanding of, uh, not just because it makes you a good Christian, but because there's power in it. There's truth in it. You know, God never calls us to do anything just because it's like he wants to keep you occupied. Like, oh, I don't know. You know, they're going to be down there a while, but they'll live however many years. We, we should probably give them a few things to do. No, everything that God calls us into is for purpose. It has significance to it, and we should take full advantage of it. Amen? And so worship, it really is one of those things, coming and worshiping. And we're going to talk about the different expressions of worship. But worship really is one of those things that I think it's one of those, if you're not ready, you're perfect. Because I think a lot of times that I've had some of my best moments in God in worship when, was when I didn't feel like it. Amen? It was like, oh, this has hit the fan, and this went wrong, and the wheels fell off of this, and I need to worship right now. Amen? Because the only thing that's going to get me through this is if I just put my focus back on God. If I not only remind myself about God in my life, but I also need to let the enemy know who's God of my life. And you just begin to worship. You just put on a song or you read some scripture and you worship. I thought about this. Life moments lead us to expression. So life moments lead us to expression. You have things happen in your life instances, different things happen in your life, and they lead you to expression. An example would be something happens or is happening, and you go out and you purchase somebody a card, and you write in the card, and you tell them, hey, here's my expression about this life moment. Or somebody comes up with a poem, or somebody's falling in love, and so they write a song about it, or somebody's angry, and they write a song about it. All these life moments lead us to expression. Amen? God happening in your life on a daily function should lead you to some form of expression. The God moment, the things that are taking place in your life, the way God is moving and taking care of and caring for those things in your life should lead you to a moment of expression. Amen. And for some, you know, at times it's prayer and at other times it's uh, just a prayer of thanksgiving. But most of the time uh, it should lead you to an expression of worship, because here's the truth. We're all worshiping something. You can't actually sit in this room and go, well, I'm just not a worshiper. It's just not, I'm just, I don't worship. I'm not a worshiper. God made you to be a worshiper, so you're worshiping something. Worship is our response to what we value most. So worship is your response to what you value most in your life. You could say it like this. 
what you worship is getting your expression. What you worship in your life gets your expression. And here's the trail to follow to tell you what that thing is that you worship. It's where's your time going? Where's your money going? Where's your conversation going? What do you talk about? What do you express about? What does your life display? Uh, And many of us, you know, you have a newborn, you have a little one, and all of a sudden your Facebook just blows up with the baby, right? You and someone has a new baby. We actually just had like three or four babies this week in the church, which is so amazing. Uh, And so you're going to see babies, and you're going to see pictures, and you're going to see love, because you're just so, you're expressing that thing that your heart is toward right now. Amen? And, uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I'm telling you, you can follow what somebody worships by what they express, where their time, their money, their calendar, uh, you can tell what their heart is toward. Does that make sense? Now, here's what's interesting. When I thought about this, I thought, you know, because I'm guilty of the same thing, sports and all of these things you express about. You're, you're frustrated with this team and you got this thing and you, you express, you know, all of these different things. But the scripture actually says this. God says this to us. He says that we're called to have no other gods before him. Does that mean that you actually can have other things that you highly value? He said no other gods before him. Interesting, right? It's like, hey, you can have some things that you really value. You're really into this. You're really into this. You're really into this. But just make sure all those things that you really uh, are expressive about, make sure that those don't come first. So my challenge to you would be, if you have things in your life that you give expression or you give worship to more than God, then you need to make an arrangement. If you're expressing more value and passion and excitement about other things than God, then we need to make some arrangement about how those rankings go. Amen? You were made to worship. And here's what's happened to us in in religion. Uh, and, and, and let me kind of set this up for a minute because you would say, well, aren't you religious? Isn't this church service religious? Uh, religion has done this. We believe God has called us into relationship with him, an experience with him, a relationship with him. Uh, uh, there's all these things in scripture that you would say a friendship. Uh, he's known as our father God. And so there's this relationship. Religion is like, hey, keep the rules. Uh, you need to get religion and you need to get the rules and you need to act this certain way. And so when I talk about religion or a religious leader, you're going to hear more about the people that were the rule keepers, the, le- the, the legalistic, uh, the law keepers. Uh, they, they just loved to be in the things of God for the control of it, not because their heart was in the relationship of it. Amen? And so we actually see this taking place, and it really kind of sets up this big thing in worship. Luke chapter 19, verse 37 through 40. It says, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So notice what they're doing. They're speaking, they're shouting, they're, they're as scripture says, making loud in loud voices. And it says, some Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, Rebuke your disciples, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So here's what's interesting here. Jesus shows up on the scene. They get in the presence of God and they begin to express worship in a loud manner, in an extravagant manner. They begin to express uh, what's happening on the inside of them. 
what they worship is being expressed in their presence. Amen? In the religious, the rule-keeping, they say, hey, 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 uh, all of that expression and zeal and life and all of that, you got to quiet that down. And Jesus is like, no, no, what you don't understand is creation was created to express worship. And if they don't do it, bad news for you, the stones are going to start doing it. Because creation will worship God. Creation will express worship to God. And we've seen it abused and we've seen it done wrong. And if you have Christian television, it wouldn't take you very long to see how it's gotten like over the top and people abuse it and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm not saying, hey, God's design is for Christians to be weird. <laughs> no, God's design is for Christians to worship wholeheartedly and with passion and express all that God has done on the inside of them, no differently than how we express the other ways we love people. And, amen? Uh, it's funny, you know, that uh, we say, well, that's weird when it happens in church. Uh, I think that's weird. I saw that person raise their hand. They put their hand in the air. That's weird. But you can watch somebody walk down the road with just their hands smushed together. Two, two bodies walking side by side, and they've just mashed their hands together, and they walk down the road. That's equally as weird. <laughs> Your hands get sweaty. Like, oh, it's really weird. I have an idea. Let's take our two bodies and we'll walk down this road and we'll squeeze our hands together till they get sweaty. And we're going to call that love. We're in love. It's so funny in church. You're like, well, that person, you know, they were singing and they just kind of put their hands up in a posture to God. That's so weird. And don't even get me started on all the other weird things we do that we call love, right? It's just that line is actually something that religion tried to start drawing a long time ago. I was like, oh, don't express. Don't, don't let your heart be shown. Don't, don't do that with passion. You got to quiet all that down over there. Amen? God was like, oh, no, no, no. We were created to be people who express our love for him in worship. Amen? Yeah. There's a whole book of Psalms. It's actually the biggest book in the Bible, 150 chapters. And those also include one of the biggest books, in the, or the biggest book in the Bible. Uh, has also the biggest chapter in it. And the whole book of Psalms is really just expressive worship. So really in God's word, in the Bible, he says, here's how much I care about expressive worship. Our largest book is going to also have the largest chapter, and it's going to be full of worshipful expression. David saying, oh, I'm having a good day, God. I'm having a bad day. I feel this way. I feel that way. Expressing how he feels about God. Why? Because God wants us to be a people who express our worship to him. Amen? So I brought seven ways in the Hebrew, just in the one word praise. In Hebrew, there's seven meanings or there's seven different ways that just the word praise, the way we praise God, there's seven different meanings uh, if you look at all the ways that praise was used, there's seven different meanings to them, and I want to give them to you quick, and I think it'll really help us in this idea of how we come to God and express our worship. The first one is this word, halil. You can go ahead and put it up on the screen. Uh, it's this word, halil. It's to rave or to boast or to celebrate. It's actually where we get the word hallelujah. So halil, hallelujah, it's where we get the word a thousand praises to your name. 
So to express how we love God and what God is doing in our life and who he is in our life, one of the ways that we do that is that we rave and we boast and we celebrate what God is doing in our life. We halil, we a thousand praise to your name. Uh, there's a scripture in Psalm 35 that we take this from. Psalm 35, 18 in the New Living Translation, it says, I will thank you in front of a great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. And so that's what we do on a Sunday is we come in and we halil, we, we rave and we boast in public in a great assembly what God is doing in our life and what he means to us because he's first. There's nothing else in front of him. We have no other gods. It's God first. Amen. And so we come in and we worship a thousand praise to his name. And so that's what happens on a Sunday when you come in and we gather in a great assembly. We halil, we worship, we rave, we boast about who we love. Number two. Uh, is yada. And so it's to acknowledge in public. Just what I mentioned here. It's to come into a place. Uh, one translation is to acknowledge God with extended hands, to come in into yada, to come in and just say, God, I acknowledge you in public. Uh, I'm making an acknowledgement of your being in my life. God, I'm coming in and I'm, and I'm giving like this response of yada, like I'm acknowledging who you are in my life. This is one of my ways of worship. Uh, I thought it was interesting when I saw that one of the breakdowns is to acknowledge God with extended hands. It means to acknowledge him. Do you know what a referee does in a football game when the person crosses the goal line and makes a touchdown? The referee does that, does this, says yada, touchdown. <laughs> I acknowledge that they scored here, that it's working. I acknowledge that it's working. That's what we come in and do. We come in and we say, God, God I, I acknowledge who you are in my life and that this is working, that, that our relationship is, is, is true and is real. And, 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 you know, try that one, fellas, with your lady. Hey, what's up? Yada! <laughs> this is working. <laughs> Psalm 138.1 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. It's just this response of, yes, God, like all my heart is in this. You don't come in to like sing a song at church and just like read a few things and, and see what the band has got and how the lights change. No, no, it's coming in and acknowledging, like saying, yes, God. Number three, Barak is another word. Uh, Barak, just like it sounds. To bless by kneeling or bowing. It's a definition of the posture of surrender. So literally the definition here is a posture of surrender. That's where we get people coming and kneeling at an altar. Would be this Hebrew word to barak. To come into a heart posture of surrender. To come in and be like, God, I can't do this alone. So I'm going to kneel at who you are and, and be at your feet because I can't figure it out. I can't put this all together. And I see you and I see people who come and do that. I see God reach down and lift them up and encourage them and set them back on solid ground and send them back out. Why? Because there's power in this Barak to be a people who come in and say, from the inner being of who I am, I surrender. I get into a posture of like just being ready to receive from you. Amen. Psalm 103.1 talks about this. 
It says, praise the Lord, O my soul. From my inmost being, praise his holy name. Like when's the last time we actually came into church saying like, all right, I'm going to get through that door. I'm going to get the kids dropped off. And then as soon as I get in there, I'm going to praise the Lord, O my soul, in my inmost being. It's going to connect to his holy name who created heavens and earth. Like, I can't wait to get through there because from my soul, I'm going to get in here and praise God. I wonder what it would look like. And I wonder what God would do if we all came in with such a desire to live that out, to Barak, to be in this position of uh, surrender. Number four, Zamar uh, is, is another one or Zamar, but it, Zamar is, uh, is making music to God with strings. So literally, this is making music to God. One of the ways we praise God, yes, it's biblical to make music unto God. It's actually all throughout Scripture. And it's actually biblical to make loud music unto God. So you can bang a drum. Yeah, the band is getting into this. Yeah. I've been telling Doug for years, turn me up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> and so that's God, like loud music. He, he's saying like, hey, use your instruments. Let's create worship that brings worship to God, that puts God above everything else. Uh, it's funny, in church, and, and, and I was a youth pastor forever, and, and then, you know, other ministries, and always the, oh, it's too loud, or in youth ministry, shouldn't play that kind of music for the teenagers. They shouldn't have that kind of music in church, and they shouldn't, and it's too loud, and you need to turn it down, and, and you know, always trying to scale things back into what? The same thing we saw on the mountain, Hey, you got to shush that. You got to turn that down. Jesus is like, eh. Jesus is like, if they don't, then we're going to bust out the Rolling Stones. The rocks are going to cry out because it gets loud where I am. And the scripture actually says in Psalms that when you're in heaven, it says that the worship in heaven is louder than any waterfall ever on earth. Do you know that there's waterfalls right now that are so loud you can't stand under them here on earth? meaning that there's going to be such an expression of worship and it's going to be loud in heaven that you can't even like be near it. You can't comprehend it. And it's funny because people come to church, they say, oh, turn it down. And, uh, and if I went to other places with those same ears that you want me to have in church, I wouldn't be able to go to Disney because I go to Disney and that place is loud on those rides and music and Anna, Elsa, and they're all so loud and their shows get to be loud. When we go to concerts, you don't ever hear somebody leave a concert and be like, hey, how was the show? Oh, it was so good. Everyone was just so contained. You know, the crowd was just really kept to themselves. You know, it was really good. No, no. you're like, how was the show? It was so good. The crowd, we were in it. It was crazy. We were, what? Worshiping. We were expressive and we were singing and we were. Uh, thank you. I went to a Dave Matthews show. I've actually been to 37 of them. I'll get to that in a minute. That's not funny. Why is that funny? And it was in Chicago at Wrigley Field uh, at night under the lights, beautiful Chicago. And a live album came from that show. And what's hilarious about it is the most downloaded song from that album <clears throat> is a song, excuse me. It's a song that the band didn't sing. The crowd sang it. Isn't that hilarious? We paid money to go to a concert and record an album of the band not singing. Why? Because it was amazing. It's my like favorite memory of the night. Why? Because it was awesome. We sang the song. 
We were so expressive. It was so loud that it picked up on the recording. It was, it was like legendary. You guys aren't with me, but that's fine. <clears throat> I don't know what they do at your share concert or Barbara Streisand. I don't know what they do at yours, but <laughs> we have fun at ours. And, uh, and anyway, those are the best ones. Why? Because like your heart was in it. It was expressive. You don't go, oh, it's so great. Everyone just came and stood around and we really just watched the band. No, we came together in unity and we gave God our best worship. And amen. And, and I hope that's the prayer of the church is that we come in and we, the, the music is made and we come in with worshipful hearts and we give God our best in worship. Psalm 92.1 says, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Number five. Another term that you get in praise in Hebrew is this word Shabbat, which means to address in a loud tone or to shout. So to shout to God. Many of you have maybe been in a little bit more of a hyper service and you just hear somebody shout out to God. We love you. God, your word is shout out something like that. And again, this is one of those times where you're like, that person's crazy. But my wife and I went to Tim McGraw and he walked through the crowd and a whole bunch of women who don't know him. Oh my God, Tim, I love you. Right? Screaming like crazies. Tim, I've had your bed sheets for like nine years. Like all this ridiculous, like someone should get her checked in somewhere. Right? But listen, here's the truth that I want to say about this. We shout out to people we don't know and we're silent to the one who created us. That's a problem. We shout out to the football player. I love you, Michigan. I love Right? And we're shouting this and we're shouting this at the game. We're shouting... I think we ought to shout out to the one who created us and knows us and formed us before we were even here. That's a little bit better one to get our attention. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, he who offers praise glorifies me. So when you offer praise to God, you're bringing glory to him. And to him that orders this conversation aright, I will show the salvation of God. And so when you're speaking into alignment about who God is, he reveals things. Scripture says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord and that we work out our own salvation. I would tell you that all of that has to do with worship. We come in and we worship and God speaks to us and aligns us and moves us. Amen. Number six, another word is Toda. Sounds like Yoda, but Toda. I know you guys are going to remember all these words, but just in case you forget them, Toda. Uh, it means to lift hands in adoration. Same thing. We go into a public place. It's not weird to be like, oh my gosh, at a concert and raise your hands for somebody or at a football game or do a thing, raise your hand. But when someone raises hands in church, you're like, weirdo, right? But no, that's, it's the meaning of worship, to lift your hands in adoration, Toda, to be somebody who comes in and just says, you know what? Like, God, I just, we say it like this. It's, it's a posture of surrender. It's the national symbol of surrender. Somebody puts a gun to your back. You say, you know what? I'm, I'm not in, God, you are. I, I, I'm in a place that you lead me. Uh, and that's what we do when we worship. We come in and we hear a song. You just say, God, I'm in a place that you lead me right now. Speak to me. Lead me. My hands are lifted and raised. Also in a place to receive. I'll do that. I'll stand and I'll worship. And I'll have a moment of like, you know what, God, just I'm like in a posture of worship to receive. What would you say to me? What would you show me in this next moment? Amen. Psalm 63, 3 through 4 says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. So again, just this surrender, just this worship of, I'm just telling you, try. Oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. If you're not ready, you're perfect. Just say, God, you know what? I lift my hands to you. 
because of this, because your love is better than life. And my lips will glorify you. And I want to praise you as long as I live. So I lift my hands to you. Amen? The next one here, number seven, is uh, just like it sounds, Tehillah. Tehillah. And it gets a little bit funnier if you're thinking of it the way I thought of it. Tehillah. Because when I read you this next scripture, it's even funnier. It says this, uh, Psalm 34, 1. It says, I will extol the Lord, extol the Lord, so speak of the Lord, at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. So you would say it like this. I will exalt the Lord at all times. His tequila will always be on my lips. No tequila drinkers in here. I really need a different church. <laughs> Who has a little bit more fun in life with tequila, tequila, more fun with tequila. <laughs> I was away this weekend, got a little bit more rest than I should have. So I feel good today. Tequila means exuberant singing. It doesn't mean alcohol or a margarita. Sorry, many of you. Tequila, though, it means exuberant singing. It didn't say passive, let's get through the song. Exuberant, heartfelt, like if you were to express worship to somebody. You know, I just wonder sometimes about the worship that we bring to God if we tried to bring that same energy to somebody else that we love. And you just kind of stumbled and mumbled through a few things. And you said that you were giving them worship. No, exuberant worship, heartfelt, meaningful worship. That's what Tehillah is. It's exuberant singing. It's to say from your inside how much you love God. It should be passion-filled. Worship leads us to expression. Psalm 108 verses 1 and 3 actually kind of talk about all these different things. I kind of broke it up for you. But just in the psalm alone, it mentions all these different ways. It says, Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give you praise. That's the Zamar. Even with my glory, I will praise Yadha, thee, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing praises, Tehillah, unto thee among the nations. So all of it working together, like we should be expressive as we worship God. Amen? I'll close with this. Uh, I thought about it like this. Worship, if you're taking notes, this is a good way to take a note. Worship is love expressed. So someone says, hey, you know, tell me about worship. You say, oh, it's the time where we sing songs in church. You say, no, uh, worship in church is where we express our love. And sometimes it's in songs, sometimes it's in prayer, maybe it's in kneeling, like we mentioned. But when you worship God, it's your love expressed. It's the love of what he's doing on the inside of you expressing. And so when we come into a place or the house of God, we ought to be expressing our love for God. All the way back to the synagogues, they would take out the Torah, the Old Testament, and people would read it. They would just open it up and they would read it and people would dance and sing and leap and shout. Why? Because they were expressing love for the Torah, for God's way, for his working in their life. Amen? I thought about it like this. If you don't, you don't worship it if you don't express it. So you say, oh, I got this thing that, you know, I worship and I worship it. And I would challenge you that you don't actually worship it if you don't have an expression of it in your life. If you never express to your significant other how you love them, do you love them? Right? You never spent time together. You never said anything. You never got them a gift. You never anything. 
Would it be true? Would it be real? No. I'll say it again. You don't worship it if you don't express it. The result of what you worship is how you turn and express it. That's just how it works. That's how you're wired. Amen. What did Jesus say about worship? He gives us this incredible pattern to follow when it comes to worship. They ask him, hey, of all the commandments, what's the most important commandment? Like, tell us the number one. Like, you just tell us what's the most important. And he answers this way in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Here's what's interesting about this. He didn't tell you to love. He told you how to love, which means to love, you have to express it. He didn't tell you to love. He said how to love. Why? Because love should be shown and expressed. So he says here is how you love. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your... Why? Because it, you should be able to see that in action. If you have love, it should be expressed. And it's so much more simple than you think. So let me break these down. These are just my last three thoughts just in a couple minutes. Point number one, it said... I broke them into three little points. It says, with all your heart and with all your soul. So expressing your affection to God, that you love him the most with all your heart, with all your soul. With all your heart, with all your soul. It's how you're called to love him. Uh, I thought about it like this. God wants you to love him and worship him with all your heart, with all your soul. He doesn't want you to worship him with clapping and raising your hands and shouting out loud that that's actually not what he's after even though i just said we need to do it here's what i want you to see all of that puts us in postures in our life of all our heart and all our soul expressed because you're you're interacting in these ways you're putting your life in a way that you're you're bowing you're kneeling you're singing it's connecting your heart to god but he actually doesn't need clapping and shouting right he's god but he knows that he knows the way that we're made, that those are the things that will connect us with all our heart and all our soul is if we live those things out. Let me clear it up for you. My daughter is almost five. And recently she's wanted to start having me play uh, with her toys. Normally she kind of does what we do or we watch some shows or we go play outside, uh, but she's been a little more strategic and specific about what we do. So we come down to her room and she's got like her little dolls in her dollhouse and there's all different stuff at Disney princesses and trolls and all these things are in there. And she wants me to play with her specifically. And so the funny thing about it is, you know me, I'm a goofball. And so she has this way she wants to play. And of course I mess it up. I just am like being silly and I'm being a goofball. And she's giving me that five-year-old like, oh, my dad, <laughs> right? Like he's just, uh, but she wants me there not because I'm good at playing with trolls and Disney princesses, but she wants me there with her because she wants all of my heart and all of my soul. So she'll let me mess it up. She'll, she'll let me do all these things and do this, and she'll let all of this stuff happen. And she'll, I guess what I'm trying to say is if it takes like the trolls and some Disney princesses and like if these are the interactions that get us on a heart and soul level, then that's what it is. And so what I'm saying is like for you, for us, 
Maybe it's songs. Maybe it's we kneel, we bow, we shout out loud. These different expressions that we use to worship are the things that actually get us to do heart and soul with God. That's why he needs clapping. That's why he needs a hand raised. That's why he has us sing out loud. Because these are things that put us in position to fully connect with one another. Does that make sense? Number two, I said all your mind. This is actually a really simple one. He said, well, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, what does that mean? It means God needs our attention, all your mind. Like our attention needs to be on God. Not coming in here and thinking about what's next, not getting up in the morning and worshiping and thinking about what's next. God's saying the best way to live is to have your attention on him and his ways. Amen. So what do you think about the most in your life? Is that what you worship? What do you think about the most in your life? Because that is what you worship. So our attention and what we think about the most should be the ways of God. And then number three, he said, with all your strength. And so that's a simple one. With all your strength means your worship should have physical action attached to it. The way that we follow God, the way that we love God, the way that we express our worship for him should cause you to take physical action because with all your strength requires physical action. So the way we worship, the way we serve others, the way we steward our resources, all of those ways are the ways that our physical action is in place. It's how we worship him, amen? And then the beautiful promise is found in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. How are you gonna find God? You will seek him and you will find him when you seek him with all your heart. Basically, when you worship him, when you live a lifestyle of worship is when you connect to God and find God. Amen.